Hi, this is Dr. Gwen. The last day of July, 2015. Hot and humid in Santa Barbara. And who says that we don't have climate change? I, I swear I'm living back east. The topic I'm going to talk about today is something that I'm am trying to get involved in. And uh, they're, they're two related topics, but they're about two different approaches. And the first one is from an article that comes out of the Atlantic, and it talks about the toxins in feminine hygiene products. And the second one is going to, going to review the, um, the new bill that was put forth by uh, uh, Diane Feinstein. It's a bipartisan bill about regulation of cosmetics and personal products, uh, personal health products. So this going back to the toxins in feminine hygiene products, and and they start out with this, and they mentioned that in 2010 there was an ad by Summer's Eve, and some of you may remember that, and it, the, this ad seemed to um, suggest that using Summer Eve products will lead the woman to getting a raise. The next year, the company sparked an outcry when a series of its commercials featured stereotypically black and Latina voices with the latter, the, the Latina women, actually crying out, ay, 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 <laughs> unbelievable. Um, douche makers might be running out of ways to make American women want to irrigate their regions, but now the science is clear that shooting scented water into your lady parts does not prevent or treat infections. I, I do, I remember those commercials and it was like, so always focused on um, vaginal douching. In fact, a douche can, will promote yeast or bacterial overgrowth because it disturbs the normal vaginal ecosystem. You know, if it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't touch it. The practice has also been linked to infertility and a greater risk of STDs. But we're lucky, in the United States, douching has declined. In 2002, a third of women between the ages of 15 and 44 have done it. But, and now we're down to one-fifth of women um, by 2013. But the practice is still pretty common in African-American women and Hispanics. The reasons, it seems, may be because it may be related to culture. Douching has really shut up in Mexico in recent years. Um, they do women; these women uh, do it to prevent vaginal infections, for a clean feeling, or simply because their mothers told them to do it, and they never stopped. An assistant professor at George Washington University, her name's Ami Zota, she says that though some women are still motivated to douche in an attempt to relieve odor or irritation. There are also societal factors, pressure to conform to societal beauty norms. There can be an element of using certain products as a way to culturally assimilate. And of course, with targeting the ads to African Americans and Latina women, certainly doesn't help. So it's, it's kind of scary because the douches have a high concentration um, satellites, and satellites are industrial chemicals that can adversely impact human health by altering the action of hormones in the body. 
In the study that that's, is discussed in this article, women who douched had a 50% higher urinary concentration of a metabolite of one particular kind of phthalate. I should say phthalate, I, I pardon um, for incorrectly pronouncing it. And that's called diethyl phthalate. And the author suggests that's because diethyl phthalate is found in fragrances and many vaginal douches are perfumed. It's not just douches that may be dangerous, but the, the flat, flat, I have a hard time saying that, it's spelled P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E. They're also found in most scented personal grooming products, such as perfume, nail polish, and hair products. They're in shower curtains, medical devices, and other plastic consumer goods. It's not, it's not enti entirely clear why, but certain meats and dairy products have it too. These chemicals work by disrupting reproductive and thyroid hormones. Fat lights seem to have the greatest effect in the womb, so they are most concerning for women of reproductive age. In animal studies, flat lights have been linked to birth defects, and they also may contribute to developmental problems among children who are exposed to this in utero. So a scientific review of consumer products was um, was done and the, the call has been to remove this from personal products. Anyway, so this this kind of leads me to the next topic. Um, I got a, the one of my favorite places or a place that I urge you to visit is called the Society of for Women's Health Research. They have a great website and I'll put it in the links for this uh, podcast. But they had a call asking for people to con uh, to uh, agree to support the bill sponsored by Diane Feinstein, and this is a bill that is, it's you know it talks about the the goal was to to regulate the millions of lipsticks, moisturizers, and other cosmetics sold every year. So, and the FDA has had has had very little. There has been very little change in this since in 40, 50 years. So this is a, a bipartisan bill, and it was co-sponsored by um, Senators Dianne Feinstein, who is a Democrat of California, and the former state I lived in, Susan Collins, a Republican of Maine. And they proposed to give the FDA broader oversight, including the authority to force recalls of dangerous products. You know, and that's the way it works in the U.S. Um, if it's not under FDA control, it's pretty much free reign. Um, so that's what this bill is looking at, is that, that we really do need to think twice of the personal care products. And the interesting thing about this bill is the proposal has backing from the cosmetics industry and proponents of strengthening the agency's oversight, including the Environmental Working Group, which is a left-leaning advocacy group. The bill is the best hope for meaningful cosmetics regulations in many years. The bill reflects a new reality for manufacturers of personal care products, which face more pressure than ever to respond to consumer concerns. And as I was saying, regulating cosmetics has not changed much since passage of the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act of 1938. That's a long time. Uh, and it seems to me we've gotten a lot smarter. The FDA can only ask companies to voluntarily recall products and manufacturers are not legally required to disclose adverse health effects reported by their consumers. And many manufacturers do, but they are not required. Most consumers don't have much faith in voluntary 
company com commitments. The absence of a credible regulator has undermined consumer confidence in everyday products. Various efforts to get stronger legislation over the years has failed. Um, the Vice President of Government Affairs at the Personal Care Product Council, an industry trade group, said of the new, he, this is the guy, the, the president of it, he's, the vice, excuse me, the vice president said that his name is John Hudson. He said, there were things that we liked more than others, but it's a compromise and that's a first. So the FDA ex expressed dismay last year at some of the proposals offered by trade organizations and said it would drop negotiations with industry groups for new rules. So along comes the senators. Under the new proposal, companies will be required to report serious adverse health effects they hear about from consumers, reactions to products that result in death, disfigurement, or hospitalization within 15 business days. Companies must report all non-serious events like rashes in an annual report. Now, doesn't this seem logical? I mean, think about the danger you're under without this being disclosed. An FDA spokesman declined to comment when they uh, contacted them, saying that as a matter of practice, F FDA does not comment on proposed or pending legislation, which makes sense. Also in the proposal, the FDA would study five different chemicals for safety annually. The first ones would include chemicals that have already generated widespread consumer concern and backlash. Propylparaben, a common cosmetic preservative. Methylene glycol, a formaldehyde-releasing chemical previously used in some hair-straightening treatments. And two formaldehyde-releasing pres preservatives. The other would be lead acetate, which is an ingredient used in men's hair dye. So I, I'm going to also post um, a link to this uh, to this bill. And the, the nice thing about this bill is many companies are supporting this. So it seems that it's about time. And I urge you to uh, contact your legislator and uh, let's get this bill passed. This is Dr. Gwen. I, that's all I will say for today. I, as usual, I wish you health. I wish you joy. Bye now.